want every channel to work for us in every possible way. And if only we can crack the code for a B2B enterprise plumbing company to like great, make crazy, insane LinkedIn content that's gonna go viral. Like, oh, we can only hope, but sometimes it just will not work in that context. In today's episode, I'm gonna sit down and talk to Matthew Tran, the former chief marketing officer of AMZ Pathfinder. I'm going to pick his brain how to become a chief marketing officer and what were the struggles he had to go through as a marketing leader. Not only that, but we're gonna dive into the main differences between B2B and B2C marketing and how you can make the best out of your products and services. Matt is also the organizer and founder of Killsoma, which is a live comedy podcast. And if you like to get a great laugh, I'm going to link the episodes down in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode because we're gonna dive into a real life story how someone had become a CMO. So I hope it's going to inspire all of us. So let's get into the video. Was marketing ever your dream job as a kid? No, no. I'm not saying that it, I, I hate it or, or that, you know, it's, it's an issue that I do marketing now. No, just as a kid, I was, I was really into like the creatives. I was always drawing or wanting to create and produce stuff. So uh -huh. I went to school for film initially. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of like editing background and uh, film background, you know, so that's been my, that, that was like a big part of like what I wanted to be growing up. And then uh, I tried it and it's a very difficult <laughs> industry only because, you know, and I think a lot of other people who've, who've deviated from film have said that it's, it's hard to be merit-based in an in industry where it's a lot of networking. Okay. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. not necessarily how well of a job you do. It's like, how well do you know a lot of people? I think that's what something my friend in fashion said this mm -hmm. at the same time. Like she's a fashion designer, mm -hmm. graduated just around the same time like me. So quite just a few years ago. And she also said like she found it quite hard to, you know, blend in if you don't have the right network. Is it yep. the same with film? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exact same thing. Um, you, you can work with a lot of creatives that, uh, that are just in it for for the filmmaking aspects of the industry, right? Like the the, the story narrative and all that. But at the end of the day, you, you need a budget, you need a producer, you need someone that can like bring in the right people to make something well worth it. So networking, just like any industry, is is important. But I don't, I didn't like it so much because it was such a big, it was like a bigger aspect of that industry, uh, at least during the time. This was like in i would say the mid 2000s 2010s you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um now and then that's kind of where i fell into marketing because i did an internship for production for a for a company back in like 2015 and they were a youtube company okay. but they were selling digital products in the back side in the back end like like uh paid courses and all that stuff it was like a men's lifestyle, like how to pick up women and how to like better yourself uh, company. But what I learned from being a content intern is that they were so, they're so business minded in their approach of creating content and like the way, the, the, the type of content that they create just for the free, for like the viewers of their YouTube channel, right? When they had like, they had a couple of million subscribers already. They're pretty big. So the content that they created for their new or for like their free viewers versus the content that, that they created to try to convince people to pay for the 
premium content and then the content that they created for the premium content, all vastly different. Through that internship, how marketing can be translated within free content all the way down to obviously paid content, right? And their way of looking at funnels during the time, and it was actually pretty basic now knowing, knowing what I know being, you know, like almost 10 years in the marketing now, but then I, I didn't see it in that lens of, of how they approached it and how meticulous the type of content they had to create, uh, uh, you know, how it had to be. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I fell into marketing, but initially, no, I was not, I was not looking to be a marketer growing okay. up. This is really cool. I did not know that you come from a creative background because when we first met, you were already a CMO or head mm -hmm. of marketing mm -hmm. and you are very like, uh, I guess analytical mm -hmm. like in my eyes. And I always separate marketers like, okay, are you coming from the creative side or are you, are you coming from the numbers and the analytics and stuff? I see. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's right. really cool. That's why I love this podcast. I, I find out new stuff. <laughs> Hi, if you listen to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. Let's jump to how I got to know you, which okay. is a... Uh, when I first started hanging out with you guys, you were already head of marketing mm -hmm. uh, at an Amazon. Amazon advertising agency. Yeah, Amazon yes, advertising. Yes, Could was... you tell us about that role? Sure. Yeah, I was um, I was hired on as like a fractional CMO, so chief marketing officer for an Amazon advertising agency. Uh, boutique for its size, they've you know um, about like fifteen. Uh, 15 employees when we were working when I when I first started there with a, a good handful of clients, right? And this was pre-pandemic times. This was my early 2020 when I when I started getting involved. What was your day-to-day -day and like how did you feel managing that many people? And, sure. Yeah. During the time I tried to wrap my head around the idea of you know what the CMO role is about. And it's different for uh, every org, but my, so the, the, how I got into it uh, was through a referral and my background, my strengths tend to lie in like content marketing and technical marketing. So technical as in developing the actual funnel and doing the strategy and executing on the strategy. So I had both the macro and micro lens when it comes to um, doing marketing and they needed someone cause they didn't have any marketing role at the time. Uh, I was their first marketing hire. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that was in 2020. That was in 2020. Mm -hmm. So most mm -hmm. majority of their, their client acquisition was through word of mouth and referral, right? Oh, okay. It's just like building off their network. Mm -hmm. It's a service-based industry. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to find a more outbound approach to, so they don't have to constantly rely on their network. The biggest thing that I had, I came in for, and this is where like, again, like it, it's different for every org. My role in that company as head of marketing is to develop a base, a foundation to uh, generate outbound leads, not just solely depend on our referral and our current network. And a lot of it has to, you have to consider it like, um, the analogy is 
we are healthy right now because the, it's been good rainy season, right? Like if the business is a forest, we're having good rain, but the rain is unpredictable. We don't know when it comes and when it goes. And right now we want to build a faucet. So we want to be able to go to some, go to, go to a place where we can turn on the water when we need it and then turn off the water when rain is good or when we have money. And they didn't have that water faucet system. We just turn it on, generate leads, turn it off and let it, and let things go. Right. Um, I've learned a lot since then as well. Like there are certain aspects of that where like that, that, uh, analogy doesn't make sense, but overall that was, that was what I wanted to get into. Um, and how I felt during the time, I mean, it was quite new. It's a, it's a big role Yeah. by name only, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, but again, ultimately it was, it was a head of marketing role and I had a great time doing it. It, it was, it, the challenge was basically just understanding the business. Yeah. Uh, I came in from like a D to C, uh, environment like e-commerce and that was mainly trying to sell physical products. So my marketing experience was, um, selling digital products, physical products and consumer consumer product goods. So that was the B to C. Yeah. B to C business. But then you jumped into B to B as mm -hmm. a, uh, head of marketing as head account. of marketing yeah. for a b2b business so i was trying to apply a lot of my d2c um frameworks and 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 strategies into a b2b market which you know i had to reel a lot of that back and then really look at the industry look at the business model and see like how does b2 how do b2b uh businesses attract other businesses um what's the marketing funnel look like in that case right and it's all sales led really okay. yeah and marketing tends to focus on lead generation quality of lead generation and also brand awareness right recognition of this agency um and that's what i had to learn throughout my time as head of marketing for this company mm -hmm. then what was the main lessons when you shift from b2c to b2b marketing we want it to be fun and the thing the main difference is relationship building okay yeah b2b is way more of a relationship building marketing strategy than b2c because when it comes to b2c the relationship is secondary. The main thing is convenience and like, uh, how, how, how can I best describe this? It's like, it's like ease of purchase and, and the user experience, right? Mm -hmm. So like the customer journey in B2B is, is more trying to build that relationship. You, you want to establish yourself as like you're everywhere first. And then you want to establish that you're good for the job. Right. And then that develops, that requires trust. Um, it, very similar to B2C, but B2C because it's more product based. Um, sometimes, sometimes good hype can also help product, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and doesn't necessarily have to be too much on like the, I have to completely trust this product side. Um, I think a lot of people don't necessarily need to feel that like a, a physical product has to do a hundred percent of what it, of, of what they intend to do as long as it does 80%. I, hold on, maybe I'm rambling. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so because no. um, it makes me think that, you know, that all the posts we create that uh, they're kind of more educational mm -hmm. that comes from 
does that come from more like a B2B side? For example, if like we are recording on Reverse side, it's obviously probably like a B2B business because um, small businesses start a podcast or big businesses mm-hmm. or whatever. Big businesses start podcasts, right? Or video um, video stuff like this. And, right. But they have a lot of educational content. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is that what you refer to as building trust and like you are good for the job? Okay. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, me, but uh, I mean, if it was a product though, then I guess it's easier to tell other content creators to just show our product, like product placement. Yeah, I would say it'd be easier. I mean, that's all tactical stuff, right? So yeah, on the tactical end, yes, like physical products, you you send it over to like, uh, you look at who your partners are and who, who you can collab in the space, right? And then you send the product and then they'll, they'll do the reviews and, you know, they'll build trust through through content in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, B2B to B is is difficult because you have to assess a lot of who your clientele is and a lot of them are I guess picky, right? There's you, you have to you have to almost look at service like a like a like a digital product in terms of like what are the services you offer, what are the features of that service and what benefits does it does it drive? And then you have to base those benefits off of the customers that you want to market towards, but those customers are also different uh, and they, they have different requirements. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of match the benefit to what they're, uh, to what they're looking for. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 And on the other side of head of marketing, like um, when I talk to other head of, head of marketing, they give me an advice, like work on your leaderships more. Or like mm-hmm. focus more on leadership and management and was that a problem for you or yeah yeah we were a small team so a lot of it a lot of i had to wear a lot of hats um yeah, yeah. but yes leadership is important i think what helps with leadership is those who um really take the time to put in the effort to offer sops and provide instructions well okay yeah and I think, I think from there, motivation gets easy because I think motivation falls apart when you offer, you ask them, I need X, Y, Z done, and you don't give them any resources on how to get that done. Oh, yeah. Right? And then so what ends up happening is that they give you a final product or a final task, right? That's maybe 60% done, 70% done. And, and good leaders have to blame themselves on that. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times, a lot of people have uh, the best, you know, they kind of default into like, okay, what they did wrong. You have to kind of figure out, all right, where, where did, where did we miscommunicate? So it's a lot of communication uh, in leadership and it's providing clear instructions and SOPs. That's, that's yeah. But I'm, it's, it's strange because my role, because it was such a, it was a, it was a smaller agency my, my role was multifaceted and not only that, but I had to also deal with a lot of third, third party vendors, right? So people who built the website, SEO agencies, um, yeah. And how to, how to wrangle all those people into one place and, and have a cohesive marketing strategy in mind. Mm, yeah. Okay. Once you're at a higher level, like in the CMO space, it's all about, do you have the right vision 
for the business in the marketing side, right? Can like, like, can you get everyone in the same thought process? Not just everyone within the marketing department, it's also everyone outside the marketing department. And I think that was the hardest, that was the lesson that I had, that I had to learn. I had a very difficult time talking to the actual reps who were working with the clients. I had a hard time talking to operations to get them to understand. Um, and then it's, it's trying to get the internal marketing team's strategy to be relayed and understood across the board, uh, across the organization. That way, when we do something, people go, okay, that's not weird because we know that this is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, I, I got a lot of pushback basically from, from, from certain team members, which, which is, which, which is natural if they didn't know what was going on. Oh, right, right, right. right. That's something Greg Alfring, uh, head of marketing at over Empire Paper said mm-hmm. the same thing, the same thing he said, well, if you are a marketer, be prepared that you're going to be like pushed out or like looked out upon or like defeated everywhere you go. And often like he used this term, like you are like the black sheep of the family. Like (laughs) you are the most needed and the least understood. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's a fair, that's a fair way of saying it. It's interesting, right? Because I'm working for an ad agency and everyone's, you know, working within the numbers and understands marketing to an extent, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, we, they don't have the numbers that we have. So like when we're moving in a particular direction, they go, well, what about TikTok? And what about, you know, this? And what about that? It's like, the numbers aren't there for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do we want to allocate time and energy and resource to figure out if TikTok is for us when we know that like there are things that are working and we should double down on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though it may be boring, it's not as sexy, you know, doing case studies and white papers are not not always the fun thing, but mm-hmm. it's, if it moves the needle, that's where we need to move forward. Experimentation, maybe it should be like, like 15% of your efforts, maybe within every quarter, but yeah, um, for a small team and, and for some, you know, for, for a very clear, um, object objective for like the year, like that's the thing that you need to focus on. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we mentioned Greg, and yes. the, I mean, you guys already met, you know each other. I know Greg. Yeah. yeah. He's a cool guy. Hi, Greg. Hey, Greg. And he said that marketing mostly fails. Like, What did he say? Because most marketing fails. That's the nature of the game. But in embracing that actually allows you to do a lot more and have a lot more fun with the experimentation. And you learn a lot more by understanding that most things will fail. And that the things that succeed in marketing, though, you have insane leverage versus anything else that you can do. And kind of add my two cents to that. Attribution in marketing is the number one thing that we're all trying to solve. And what is directly impacting good marketing? Here's the thing, though. Yes, marketing does fail. And it fails, I believe, if you don't take the lessons learned from a campaign. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know, because I think a lot of marketing is knowing what not to do. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, but in order to learn what not to do, you have to first do it. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the fail happens. And then you go, okay, don't do that again. Right. And then, um, a lot of, a lot of times I can think of a couple of businesses that I've said, this doesn't work. And then, you know, I leave the org. And then they bring someone in and they, and then that someone goes, it'll work this time. And then it doesn't work again. Uh, Right. 
And it's just that it's, it's how do you, how do you nail down the fact that these channels don't work? These channels do work. And cause I think as a marketer, we're also a bit of like a completionist. Like we want, you know, we want, we want every channel to work for us in every possible way. Right. And if only we can crack the code for a B2B enterprise plumbing company to like, great, make like, like crazy, insane LinkedIn content. That's going to go viral. Like, oh, we can only hope, but sometimes it just will not work in that context. Knowing, knowing when to stop is very important. And then at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, marketing can fail. I think a lot of marketing is failing, especially if you're new to it. But once you, once you understand the org, the business, the industry, the trends within that industry, uh, you do fail less. And you'll start getting, you'll start getting wins. I would say marketing is not marketing. I think a lot of people think is like these huge wins, like, oh, we got mass virality or we got huge conversion rates on these things. Right. Uh, those are very uncommon. A lot of wins is like these, like very, like, uh, uh consistent, but small, small push forwards. Right. You know, growth is never this linear upward yeah. trajectory it's always like down it's like as, as long as like the fall like if you do a little drop like the next is it's just a bump higher than than previous right so yeah good growth is is, is steady but it's uh yeah not massive massive growth can actually be quite scary especially for businesses who like can't handle like 10x growth mm -hmm. like the next month right mm -hmm. so yeah consistent growth is good i love that because uh i, I mean I still consider myself a beginner marketer and mm -hmm. using this uh, you know channel to talk to people like you kind of helps me understand like how to consider marketing as a whole like it's not just one skill to master it's not uh, you do it once and it's done yeah. Uh, yeah which is sometimes it could be with i don't know if you are uh, building something like a software and it's like okay it's done <laughs> and then we do a couple of updates here and there right. or if you are you know a doctor and then you you solve the patient's problem okay next mm -hmm. but it's like a continuous thing we have to do right and i when i hear when people say like oh i suck at marketing like a lot of people say that right like mm -hmm. oh i suck at marketing i don't want to do it and it kind of gave me an an example when people say they don't like to go to the gym it's it's the same thing right like you uh, yeah yeah yeah. People who, because marketing is like, as long as you keep doing it for a long period of time, like that's what I'm getting, like, then mm -hmm. you will end up being successful. Right. Right. Yeah. And the same with it, like being healthy and like going to the gym, like as long as you keep going and mm -hmm. as long as you keep doing this consistent stuff, then your body will look great <laughs> and you right. feel great. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing isn't a, just getting the six pack abs. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Yes. You have to constantly utilize and and have a marketing budget annually and yeah and keep working on it you're right yeah just because you built the software doesn't mean it's done mm -hmm. just because you got your six-pack abs doesn't mean you can't you have to man, you know like you, you don't maintain it because once you have it it's easy 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 come easy go right mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah and marketing is just that muscle that you have to constantly work on yeah. um for for you personally as like a like a practitioner of, of, of learning marketing and applying marketing as well as businesses, businesses should never, this is also what I've learned, right? You should never turn off the marketing faucet. Okay. Because, um, even during low seasons, 
and this is this is what I've been learning when it comes to product marketing as well, is that you still need to be in the eyes of people who are currently not in market that will eventually become in market once it's season to jump to a new agency or to buy that new shoe or to uh, um, you know apply a subscribe to that new membership for whatever right you need to be top of mind once they become in market mm -hmm. and a lot of times i think a lot of businesses they go oh we got enough clients right now uh turn off the marketing we don't need any of that yet but then once two three four clients switch or they had a bad experience or they grew too big and they want to sell and they don't need an agency anymore whatever may be the case right then you go back and turn the faucet on and people are like who are you yeah and they go ah because we haven't been pushing ourselves out there to just be top of mind and that budget doesn't have to be that big to be quite honest i think a lot of people are scared that's like oh i gotta spend like a hundred thousand dollars to be on the super bowl or and clearly that's way more money than a hundred thousand but it's like no not at all you just need to be top of mind within your industry yeah. and that doesn't require a lot of money but you do need to be around when you're especially when you're not looking for clients at the time or members right you had just enough and you're not looking to grow you should still be around yeah. networking is the same way like you just don't stop networking mm -hmm. and just keep you know talking to people and then yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's something you guys should do keep networking <laughs> i guess like a new thing a new update from you is like you would like to shift to product marketing and uh, it's so weird like personally like when i started this ACMO podcast. I was like, I want to talk to Matt about marketing mm -hmm. because he's a chief marketing officer. I want to be like him. And by the time I started this, you're already jumping to product marketing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but why? Like, That's a good question. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, you know, I, I, for me, it's just excitement. Yeah, I, I like um, and there isn't much of a difference between it just by title, right? CMO, product marketing. Uh, these are just these are all just titles. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to do, I want to do work that, that I think is interesting and fun and that I can contribute to uh, a business and help them succeed and win in, in, in a lot of different ways. So what was interesting about product marketing than just general, you know, marketing, digital marketing or like full stack digital marketing is that product marketing is specifically within like a digital, digital SaaS products or like software. Um, you could use a product marketer for physical products. I think a lot of them are considered like director of e-commerce. I think that's like the technical role for them. But what it basically is, is that they are the, they are the junction between the product, which is, you know, like Skype or Slack or, you know, Riverside, which you're using right now, that's the product and the product uh, department who people who develop the features and everything and maintain the features right so they're the uh, junction between product and then sales who help onboard and activate new users and market marketing right those who get riverside out there what the features are for what the benefits um they're the person right in the middle so uh and customers they're very multifaceted just like a cmo would be Right, a CMO would have to understand the business, the industry, the trends, and, and the marketing channels that are appropriate to get the business in front of the perfect clients. Mm -hmm. Same thing as a product marketer. I see. Yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's not much of a difference. Main difference is that I want to get into SaaS products, and SaaS products are marketed much differently 
than a business itself and physical products. Yeah. SaaS is like very feature heavy, benefits heavy. And then, you know, again, this is where I'm still learning. I'm taking, I'm taking, a, I'm taking a course and I'm networking and doing, doing the things that I've done when I first started getting into digital marketing, which is kind of exciting. I feel, yeah. I feel like, oh, this is uh, reaching a next level of my career. And mm -hmm. it's taking the same experience that I've had 10 years of marketing and then applying how to learn in, in this new field. So uh, when you first explained product marketing to me, yeah. um, I immediately thought about having like an internal someone in the team to, to explain to the marketer what the product is actually about. Because some, like when you, you know, hire new marketers, mm -hmm. they often don't grasp the full experience of the product. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why you have product managers. Yep. And that's a great way of explaining one of the responsibilities. Okay, that's just one of the responsibilities. Yeah, that's one then. of the responsibilities. Okay, mm -hmm. I remember when I was in my first job and I was hired the, as the marketer, although I was interested in the industry, but I didn't know it, mm -hmm. you know? But I guess it's like a better qualification than not knowing anything and not being interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't remember, okay, so the industry was like teaching coding for kids. Okay. Right? And I, I love kids, I love teaching them stuff, and I believe in technology that's gonna be the, the thing that they should learn. But I didn't understand coding. Like, mm -hmm. And then the courses, what we were selling is the, the coding courses. So right. I actually had to sit down with the teachers to like explain to me what the hell is going on in this course so that I can actually market it. So the teacher mm. kind of became the product manager at the same time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I'm not alone in this example. Like Absolutely. I think, I'm pretty yeah. sure a lot of people suffer with this. It's really important to keep departments separate in that way and then have an intermediate in the middle to mm -hmm. kind of explain to everyone, right? So a lot of the responsibility of the product marketer is understanding the product through and through, like you 100% understand the product completely. Not only that, but then you also have to understand the customers completely. And a lot of it, it's like internally listening to the customers, seeing what they love about the product. And then we go to a marketing team and be like, this is what they love about it. This is, this is, and then like to create the copy for it and the messaging, and then also features that they want. So then you go to product team, you go, these, these are based off what the customers are asking. This is a, these are the new features that we should be working towards for next quarter. Right. And then go back to sales and be like, all right, we're coming out with these brand new features. This should open up another segment of the market for us to uh, wrangle and to onboard. So a lot of the product marketing, it's you're, you're, you're a director, you're, you know, it's like a symphony. You want to make sure that like you, 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 you have your pulse on everything and everyone um, to make sure that the product is growing, marketing is growing, sales is growing. Yeah. 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 I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. for explaining that to me because you know i also learn new stuff uh i look at product marketers and i don't creative i guess when ankita talked about creative direct uh, being a creative director i also mm -hmm. saw it similarly or like that's something i'm taking on as a not creative director but like a creative someone sure who doesn't do the creative but like explain to the creative what to do i see that with product marketing and being a cmo and also uh working with creatives like it almost seems like in an organization you always need like a couple of people who can just connect each department, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, I feel like it's such an underrated role, but it's so important. It is a very important role. It is an underrated role because it's also the first role to cut when, when budget gets tight yeah. or when revenue projections don't hit. 
um, it's a risky role. And but a, uh, whether whether I either end up falling into a product marketing role or a growth marketing role, which is another position that I'm kind of I'm eyeing when it comes to SaaS as well, because growth marketing is its own thing. And maybe maybe if I ever get a role, we can we can jump back on it. I could talk to you all about it. I mean, I can see you. Yeah. I, I thought uh, actually, like I was uh, thinking about your career, like how you, how did you actually end up in CMI? And I thought that you were growth marketing first. Mm, yeah, yeah, a lot of my responsibilities it involves growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like we need more leads, we need more emails, we need more customers, we need more product, we need more whatever. And I'm just like, okay, how do I develop? So a lot of my marketing experience comes from growth marketing. And I just knew I'm like, okay, we got more, we got more leads because we made more videos. So, you know, you always want to look at what what the leading indicators are, not lagging indicators, right? And then just like, all right, well, we'll just double our, our content production. And that should hopefully, like, it, at, at the most positive, at the most, uh, it'll double our leads, right? So those are those are things that I, I've always worked on as a marketer. And so I do have a natural tendency to see marketing as as just growth as opposed to just branding or retention or anything like that i'm always focused on how do i grow a business um yeah i hope that the audience like kind of if you guys can see that how matt is thinking like he like what i'm seeing right now first of all like um you're already thinking like a business owner. So yep. not not only like this is marketing, this is what they need to do, let's spend money, but like kind of how to spend money consciously so that we make more more customers and yes. more sales in. That's yes. like, I think a really great quality of a marketer, a good marketer, like some marketers just want to make money. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's why marketing has a bad rap. <laughs> yeah, because they throw, they throw money around and they have like these vanity metrics and exactly. all this bullshit. Uh, can I cuss? Of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like a good marketer does seem like a business owner and like yes. a sensible entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and how I think when we first talked about my podcast and you helped me to like project how my podcast would grow, that's something I never really thought about. But mm. ever since then, like you've been like telling me that example, I want to put that into my YouTube video. I want to see like, okay, how can I tweak my process a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit so that I get a higher return yeah. on, on views or like emails or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's a great way of thinking guys. So take that. Think like a business owner. I think that's really important. If, if you've ever freelanced in your life, um, it's, it's, you, you'll be quick to want to think about growth. You're mm-hmm. quick to think about how do I make immediate impact on this business? Then you start thinking more 80-20. You start dealing less in the in the details and you just look at the bigger picture. I think that's the biggest, most important factor when it comes to marketing is just like, uh, and I think a lot of marketing managers may ha- sometimes have an issue with this because they're so detail oriented. Like everything has to be on brand in a specific way, has to be mentioned in this, you know, if there's like a single typo, like we have to halt the entire project to fix this one typo and then and then who gets shitted on like everyone below and it's just like oh my god like just push just push it through right i don't think anyone's gonna gonna not buy the product if there's a if there's a u in color if it's spelled the european way versus the american way it doesn't matter yeah it's yeah. all about the 80 20. It's like get it out as soon as possible, see how people react to it. If they do mention there's a typo, therefore I didn't buy it. Okay, 
then then that's something that you should focus on. But most, you know, I mean, this is just coming from experience and also just common sense. Most people don't really care if it's like a single typo somewhere, as long as it's not a major typo, it's not a big deal. Typo just being the example, but yeah, you think 80-20, you start caring less about the details. You want to just make big impacts right away. You love that. Love yeah. that. And, and I have a lot of business owners like that too. They want to hear that shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to um, touch on your project too, because first of all, I love it. Kill Soma. <laughs> and second is, um, I think having, you know, Ankita on the show, who, who's also a comedian, mm-hmm. comes from a marketing creative background. Plus, I also follow Gary Vee a lot. And he said like, uh, if you are good at comedy, then you're going to be good at marketing because that comedy... Really? Know. He says that? Yeah, he says something okay. along those lines. Maybe I can find it, but I'm not sure because there's a lot of content. But yeah. he says something like, if you... Like, stand-up comedians could excel in marketing because they face so much... Um, like, how you call it? Like, like blows? Like, people just don't clap for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's kind of like rejection therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you do have to stand up against bombing on stage when a joke bombing. doesn't land. Yeah, um, how do you how do you how do you bounce back from that? How do you keep your poise? How do you still make it entertaining even though the joke didn't land? And how do you move forward? Right. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, sometimes if the, if the joke doesn't land, you just move forward. And actually, most audience don't think that anything happened. Like, yeah, a lot of times if you but if you linger, <laughs> then they go, oh, well, we're supposed to laugh there. That was not funny. Oh. And then, and then, then, then you start feeling bad. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of that, but it's very interesting. So wait, so what was the question? Like, actually, like, uh, just wanted to touch on like, kill someone. How do you think, does it come from like your passion and, uh, background from marketing or is it something else? Or, like, mm. um, why did you start kill Soma? I, I started kill Soma because I saw it as a great. It a little bit comes from marketing. A lot of people in this in the Saigon comedy scene, um, you know, are starting shows and everything like that. And I just wanted to do something different. And I've I've always liked the original show, which is called Kill Tony. Uh, I gotta give big ups to those guys. They 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 do it the best. It's 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 their own original format. Uh, we took the format because, and the reason why I, I wanted to do the format, even though I am not a strong like comp comedian roaster, I might not have the fastest wit, but uh, I did it because it's such a great community builder. Oh yeah. And a lot of the aspects when it comes to marketing now, especially new age marketing, right, is developing communities. Uh, whether that's Slack channels or uh, Discord groups, uh, Facebook groups, like like internal uh, 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 insular communities are, are a big thing right now, and it's just like how do you how do you slowly open that community up to the rest of the world? So that's why I created Kilsoma. A lot of that's just like I want the community to be shared. I think I think everyone's funny in their own way, and it's just like if everyone wants to try to jump in and do their own sixty seconds. Uh, which, by the way, if you don't know what the kill format is, kill Soma, kill Tony. It's sixty second stand up comedy with a panel of other comedians who then interview the performer, uh, either roast them or ask them more about their life, see what's funny about them, see what's interesting about them, and 
it's like an hour and a half show. It's a podcast, live audience podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I will link down Kilsoma in the show notes and the description, so you guys can watch his hard work, <laughs> funny hard work. Yeah. yeah. And now that we've reflected on all your experiences in the past ten years as a marketer mm-hmm. and what you've learned, because you're learning a lot, like what would be your best advice for aspiring CMOs? It's a great question. Take leadership courses and also do a lot of marketing. I think the best CMOs and the best leaders have experience that they can share amongst their team when things don't go as planned. And here's the thing, things don't ever go as planned. So the best leaders are the ones who know what to do, who have contingency plans, who have experience in the past to have done it well. And you must apply marketing to everything that you do if you have side projects. And you should always have side projects. You should always be working on something when you're not working, period. So that is my advice. Kilsoma is my current pet project. I put a lot of marketing into it. So thank you so much for joining the show. Thank and you for having me. This yeah. has been fun. Yes. See you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.